Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Giddy will throw it in with Joe, SGA, J-Dub, and Holmgren. Joe goes to the weak side. Giddy on the far sideline. Goes to the corner. Holmgren turns and fires over Wiggins. He got it! He hit it at the buzzer! We're tied! And we've got five more minutes! Chet Holmgren caught it on the left sideline with Wiggins right there and nailed it! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, and J.D. will take your calls. Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Indeed it does start now, right here on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson at Harmonic Brewing in Thrive City, and ouch. I mean, that's really all you can say. Ouch. What a gut punch punch for the Golden State Warriors as the Thunder rally from 18 down in the second half. They at one point had a six-point lead, but then the Warriors were able to flip that, some big-time shot-making down the stretch and regulation. So many things went right for the Warriors in this game. You get Stephen Curry back. He goes for 25. You get Andrew Wiggins with his best scoring game of the year, and, and Wiggins making huge plays for Golden State down the stretch. Kevon Looney in the closing lineup. How about Wiggins with 13 of his 31 in the fourth quarter? He was feeling it. He wanted the rock. Stephen Curry couldn't quite convert on a couple of layups, but on that second one, Kevon Looney's able to grab the rebound, spin a pass out to Andrew Wiggins, who buries what looks like it's the game-winning three, and you're feeling like the Warriors are going to survive a game that they really, really needed to get. But Chet Holmgren able to throw in that three from the corner. Andrew Wiggins on him. So much to debate. Should the Warriors have fouled in that situation with 1.6 seconds to go? But uh, you add it all up, and this is, if, if you can have a catastrophic loss in November, I think that's as catastrophic as a loss can be in November as the Warriors fall in OT to the Thunder, 130-123. to They get outscored in the overtime, 13-6. to Spectacular individual performances on the Thunder side of things. Got to tip your cap to both Chet Holmgren, who had a career-high 36, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who had 10 of his 40 in the overtime. 10 of the 13 for Oklahoma City in the overtime went to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who was getting bucket after bucket and then block Steph Curry's three into a layup to help all but ice the game for Oklahoma City. So this one hurts. Uh, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. If you're in the area, leaving the ball game, stop by, say hi at uh, Harmonic Brewing in Thrive City. I am sipping on a Kolsch, as always. Cheers to everybody watching on YouTube tonight. And, man, uh, there are a lot of people drowning their sorrows coming off of this Warriors loss to Oklahoma City. The numbers are not good, folks. 
as you look at the Warriors now with what is their sixth consecutive loss after starting the season 6-2, and two, they're 0-5 on the six-game homestand now with losses to Cleveland, a pair to Minnesota, a pair to Oklahoma City, who completes the sweep of the little two-game miniseries, and the Warriors are 1-6 at home, still with just one home win for Golden State. The Clay Thompson shot with two-tenths of a second against Sacramento, the only home win for the Warriors, 5-2 and two on the road, now 6-8 and eight overall, and you waste Steph Curry's return tonight. You waste Andrew Wiggins' best offensive game of the season tonight. You waste a game where the Warriors outscore the Thunder bench 33-18, to 18, and it seemed like there was some semblance of maybe a little bit of order restored, but the Warriors just let the Thunder get right back into this game in the third quarter with turnovers. Warriors had pushed to their, their biggest lead at, at 81-63, and the Warriors turned it over multiple times in a row, and it was the first time since Andrew it was the first time Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson had had 15 or more points in the same game in a couple of weeks. Clay, we'll get to him in a second, because Clay was playing really well alongside Andrew Wiggins until the fourth quarter, and then he took some of the worst shots you'll ever see a player took or take. He ends up 5 of 13. He was 5 of 7. So Clay Thompson missed his last six shots, and four of the six were as bad a shots as you'll ever see an NBA player take. And I'll tell you this, if there was ever a night where Steve Kerr was going to pull Clay Thompson from a game in the closing minutes or in overtime, it would have been tonight. Now, Kerr's on record saying he's not going to do that in all likelihood, and I think you could make a case, well, who would have been a better option tonight? if you were going to, to take Clay Thompson out of a game, but he absolutely killed the Warriors with his shot selection in the final couple of minutes, which it looked like the Warriors were going to overcome, thanks in part to some Kevon Looney defense and the big offensive rebound and Andrew Wiggins just going off the way that he did down the stretch of this game. So it looked like they were going to overcome some really poor shots taken by Clay Thompson, but when Chet Holmgren hits the three at the buzzer to tie the game at 117, you got to go win it again. And unfortunately, the Warriors could not win it again in the overtime. And so, as I mentioned, they, they waste Curry's return. They waste Wiggins, what would have been a real feel-good victory and feel-good night for him. And it, frankly, it's almost as if it didn't happen. Uh, and, and so the Warriors' big picture have got to be hoping that Andrew Wiggins is going to play much more like the player that we saw tonight over an extended period. And if he's able to do that, then the Warriors are probably going to be better for it and, and have an opportunity to get on a run. But to be unable to stop the bleeding in a game like tonight is just a, it's just a gut punch. I mean, a major league gut punch for Golden State. So 888-957-9570, everything's fair game. Steve Kerr did address the Warriors not fouling with 1.6 seconds to go. I'll lay it out as the callers get to it, my stance on it. I, I am not as adamant, I'll just put it this way, as uh, the television voice of the Warriors, Bob Fitzgerald, is uh, in, in terms of you always have to foul in that particular situation. I understand. I respect Fitz's point. I was in the arena, obviously, in that moment, and, and I always go back to something that Rick Adelman said in, in my days growing up and, and as a young reporter and host working in Sacramento when Rick Adelman was coaching those great Kings teams, he would always say you really have to be sure that you can trust your team and that the situation is right, that it's not, it's not an automatic to foul up three. And I think at times we've seen the Warriors not do it because Steve Kerr explained there's too much time left in the game to do it. I think we've also seen tonight might be an example where there wasn't enough time left in the game because with the catch-and-shoot nature of one and six-tenths seconds, you're almost automatically going to be fouling a player as he's trying to get in his motion to shoot a three, and the one thing you can't have is fouling the three-point shooter uh, in that particular situation. That being said, watching Wiggins, you know, you could just crash into him. Like on the, you know, on the inbounds, ball gets released, just crash into him at that point, you know, before he even has an opportunity to secure the ball, you know, you got to do it before the ball is out of the inbounds passer's hands, but just crash into him. He goes to the free throw line. Chet Holmgren uh, did miss one free throw in, in the game tonight, but then you make it a lot more difficult. Can you make 
the first couple, and then you miss one, and then, you know, again, at that point, you're talking about maybe under a second by the time the foul occurs or slightly over a second where you have the ability to try and, to try and uh, you know, scramble for a, uh, an intentional miss and all of that, which is what the Thunder would have needed if the Warriors had been able to foul. So 888-957-9570, let's get to the phones, let's get it rolling. It is uh, Adam in San Jose, and we got a lot of people that want to talk here tonight on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on, Adam? What's up, J.D.? Uh, so it looks like last year's road woes are going to be this year's home woes. Um, I was never really worried about Andrew Wiggins because Wiggins is still in his prime. He's still young. He's um, he's still, uh, you know, physically there. Uh, and even during his offensive slump, he was uh, decent defensively. On the other hand, Clay, he was back to forcing shot, uh, terrible shots today and then just disappearing defensively. Um, my biggest question is when is the organization going to wake up and realize that in today's NBA, the small ball stuff doesn't work anymore. We need some size. We need some, someone big. Yeah, that, that, to me, Adam, that's not tonight. Thanks for the call. Like, I, I'm sorry. That's, that, that's not tonight. I mean, the, the Thunder play, the Thunder play four wings, you know, a couple of guards, a couple of wings, and Chet Holmgren. And Chet, Holmgren was spectacular, but he was he was doing it to Kevon Looney tonight, and who's a you know an excellent defender for the most part. And you know Chet is a different animal because he's able to get out on the perimeter and drive by you, and he's really good, you know, down low off the the you know drive and basically kick game. The, the Thunder get a lot ahead of steam and like to to drive and get into the paint, kick out for threes. Holmgren's really good at getting to the right spot, so if the defense collapses, you find Holmgren, and then Holmgren can go to work, and, and Holmgren can cook. He was phenomenal tonight. But again, no big, slow, plotting big is going to be playing Chet Holmgren down the stretch of a, a game or for the bulk of a 37-minute of a affair. This isn't a matter of... And, and look, you probably would have seen Draymond Green on the floor tonight battling Chet Holmgren. So the, the reality is if the Warriors had been full strength in this one, they would have gone smaller against Holmgren and, and tried to run him on both ends of the floor and try to let Draymond as an undermanned player hang with him and rough him up a little bit and, and, and get physical with him. So all due respect, Holmgren had an unbelievable game and he looks like a terrific young player. But tonight isn't the night where I'm going to say you know, bigs in terms of that. And if you want to talk to me about paint points, that's fine. The Thunder did dominate in the paint, 54 to 36. But to me, it's more about dribble penetration than it is about big men. And, and I think we've seen that in the three matchups against OKC. We've seen that against Cleveland a couple of times now this season. We saw it a little bit against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's the fact that it's the wings and the guards that have the ability to get downhill and get to the bucket, and the Warriors have had an inability to keep their man in front of them uh, defensively, which I think has been the bigger problem. And for as great as Andrew Wiggins was offensively and as much as the Warriors needed it, tonight was not Andrew Wiggins' best floor game or defensive game. Uh, one rebound tonight for Wiggins in the time that he played, 35 minutes. You know, he kept the ball moving a little bit, but I don't think he was excellent defensively. It was much more of an offensive night than a defensive night for Andrew Wiggins. He had a tough time with some wing players that, that really can pose problems. And so to me, it's more youth and wing-type players that are the issue of the night. Ace and Marin next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Ace, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, D. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Uh, J.D., you there? I'm, I'm, I got you, Ace. What do you got for me tonight? Oh, you kind of stole my thunder, uh, no pun intended. Uh, what my, my big takeaway was in the paint, uh, the thunder just killed the Warriors. They had no defense down there, and it was almost automatic. I mean, uh, Gilgis Alexander is a fantastic player, obviously, but it was too easy for them. Uh, it seemed like really the issue... Uh, was not the Warriors' offense. It was the the lack of pressure on the Thunder. On the Thunder, real comfortable, and and the Warriors had made them uncomfortable in the second quarter 
but they got real comfortable when the ball started being turned over by the Warriors in the third quarter. That's what started the whole thing. 81-63, Warriors are up 18. You got Wiggins and Klay Thompson both playing well. Curry is, is out there and doing his thing, although he didn't shoot it well overall in his return. Did hit four threes for uh, another, uh, what, 12 out of 12 for Curry in the 12 games he's played as far as making at least four threes. Scores 25 points. Again, a couple of the, the shorties that he missed, a couple of the driving layups late. Looney with an incredible job grabbing the rebound and click, kicking it out to Wiggins for what looked like it was going to be the game-winning three before Holmgren hit his. But I think what's interesting is it's a scenario where they got to be better on ball. And, and they had the Thunder uncomfortable in that second quarter, but then the turnovers allowed Oklahoma City to keep fighting. They quickly got back in the game. There were a couple of Kaminga turnovers. Kaminga actually hustled back and got a stop on one of them. But from an 18-point game, it went down to, to 10 in a blink, and then it was down to 5, and then you thought, wow, the Thunder really didn't have any trouble scoring the basketball the rest of the night. And so I think sometimes you miss your window uh, in, in certain games to put a team away, and the Warriors missed their window to put the Thunder away when they had them down 18 in that third quarter, and the turnovers in that quarter. You look at the, the end of the night, 16 is not terrible for the Warriors, all told, only two in the fourth quarter. But the Warriors ended up with six turnovers in the third quarter, which was catastrophic. And, and again, allowed a lot of careless plays to allow Oklahoma City back in the game. And it was, it was you know, Kaminga and it was Clay Thompson uh, a couple of times in that stretch that allowed Oklahoma City to get back in it, get it close enough to where they felt like they still had a shot to steal the game, and then also get it close enough to where it got their offense back in a rhythm to where it was basically back and forth from that point on. JP in Union City is next here tonight on Warriors Wrap-Up a 95-7 the game. JT, what's going on? Or JP, rather, what's going on tonight in the Union? JD, what's up, man? Dude, I, I just came from the game, and I purposely wore my clay jersey because I was like, you know what? I'm going to speak this to existence. We're going to find a way to make it happen. The first half, he was great. Second half, he was just terrible. I, I think you guys are hitting it right on the head. Our, our defense is not there. We need everything to win on offense. I think we did enough. We, we did exactly what we needed to do, but the rotations are bad. Like, when you see the doubles on, on Shea, and then what happens is that when they come to the double, the rotation is off, and you have your rolling man, Chet, just going for dunks all freaking day. I'm going to put this absolutely 100% on Kerr. Kerr, fantastic coach from what he's done. He needs to stop being a life coach and start being a basketball coach. I understand. I understand what he's doing, and, and, and he's trying to help Clay with his mindset and get him there mentally, but he has to be a coach and put the best players on there. I can guarantee you, if Moody or Kaminga was in there other than Clay, hands down, I'm pretty sure we would win the game. So I, I think Kerr needs to do a better job at stop playing with people's personalities and their feelings and their emotions and start playing with IQ and basketball skill. And I think once he does, once he does that, we can start winning again. Thanks for the call, JP. Look, first half Clay was good. Second half Clay was yikes. And, and he took, and I, I marked him, he took four of the worst shots you'll ever see in, in moments down the stretch or in overtime when the Warriors really, you know, when he was defended or there was still time on the shot clock. It wasn't like heat check, I'm open, I'm going to take it. They were forces. They were, I'm not open, I'm well defended. It was almost as if, and again, I don't want to get inside a guy's head, but it was almost as if Clay was like, you know what? Everybody else is kind of doing their thing. I'm not really part of it right now. I'm going to try to make something happen to, to put this game away, to, to ice it or to, to have a, a dagger-type play. Uh, the defensive rotations were really bad. And, and again, it starts with the dribble penetration. Some of it, I think, is not Raymond out there as the free safety to kind of make sure everybody gets in the right spot and, and knows what's coming. But a lot of it is basic. You got to be able to keep your man in front of you, and you got to be able if the you know the ball is stopped and a pass is made to the wing or a pass is made to the corner, you got to be you got to be flying around. And and the Warriors, you know, too often 
Oklahoma City would get a good look from the outside or the ball would get kicked to the side and the rotation would be slow and it would be an easy blow by in the corner and then Kavon Looney has to come up or the big man has to come up and it's an easy dump off to Chet Holmgren and Chet Holmgren's having his way. Or Chet Holmgren's going to the free throw line because you're reacting slow and you're fouling him and you're putting him on the free throw line. So, uh, again, we, we can talk about, well, Draymond this, Draymond that. Yeah, maybe Draymond Green helps. But Draymond Green is Draymond Green's reason that he's not playing tonight. Not any kind of bad luck or unfortunate circumstances or injury or, or anything like that. All right, before we continue on the phones, let's go ahead and pause here for our station ID as uh, this is the 9 o'clock hour here at 95.7 The Game. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch, and YouTube. Powered by First NorCal Credit Union. All right, John Dickinson back here at Harmonic Brewing. Uh, still open. Stop by, say hi if you're in the area and looking for something to do. we got a pretty packed house tonight here, Saturday night. People staying dry, having a brew, uh, in, enjoying a, a little bit of grub before heading off into the night here uh, on a Saturday. Warriors lose to the Thunder for a second consecutive game, 130-123. to Warriors have dropped... Now six in a row after the six and two start. Now six and eight on the season. And about Clay Thompson. And we'll get to when the last time the Warriors had lost six in a row because it's only happened one other season in the Steve Kerr era. And it was not a good season for, for the Warriors. If there was ever a night to pull Clay Thompson out of a game down the stretch, it would have been tonight. But if you do it tonight, I, I do think there's a question of, well, who do you put in? At that point, I mean, again, and I get, you know, Kaminga played played well offensively tonight, although he was a minus 18. He did play well offensively. Like, you're not playing Kaminga and Wiggins, you know, and Curry and, and Chris Paul. It's like if you were going to finish with Kaminga, you were going to finish with Kaminga at the five, you know, not with Kaminga at the, at the two. And so uh, you look at, at that, you know, that's not, it, you know, we get into this all the time. Players or fans want certain players to not play and other players to play, but often the suggestions are not positional fits uh, in what the Warriors do. So if you want to make a case for Moses Moody, I'm, I'm not making a case for Pajemski tonight. He was a, a minus 15, tough night for Pajemski defensively. Uh, Moses Moody's probably the one player where you can say, all right, get, but, but if you do that, you're opening a whole can of worms. I mean, if you do that, then Clay's getting asked about it, and we already know Clay is the kind of player that that you know it takes everything extremely hard right now. And if you put if you sub him out, you're basically putting him on blast, and you're telling him he ain't the dude he used to be. And then you got to deal with you know what does Clay Thompson think of that, and it kind of takes on a life of its own. Look, Steve Kerr has said over and over and over and over and over, they're ride or die with Clay Thompson. So, again, I think you could make the case tonight there wasn't an alternative, but when Steve Kerr says, hey, Clay Thompson's pressing, uh, you know, t tonight was a perfect example of that in the second half. In the first half, I don't think he pressed. He let the game come to him. It was one of those solid five of seven Clay Thompson games, you know, first halves. Real nice for you know, three quarters, five of seven, 16 points. You can win with that, three of four from three, and then he and then he goes 0 for six in the fourth quarter in overtime, and that's what you can't live with. 0 for three with three bad shots, a couple of really doozies in the over in the late fourth quarter, and a couple in overtime. Four of the six shots that he missed of the the consecutive were just as tough as it it absolutely positively can can get. So again, I think you know. Hindsight 2020, but there wasn't a player crushing it off the bench to where you're going to take out a future Hall of Famer and a guy that you believe is always going to be making the next clutch shot. So I get not ripping him out of the game at that point. I totally understand that. To me, it's not even a question tonight about ripping him out of the game. It's a question of take some better shots. Just, you know, don't be forcing. You go all game without forcing it, and then you take, you take some really bad ones. Uh, down the stretch and so you know it's it's having that awareness that we talk about so many different times 
that I think there's these little lapses in awareness of the game situation and the night that he's having. And, and look, sometimes it's not even the night that he's having. Some nights it is as simple as, hey, he's playing great, he's hot in the first half, he's not hot in the second half. Uh, but again, that's a balance for Steve Kerr and for Clay Thompson. And yes, Clay was going through something really similar this same time last year, and he was able to snap out of it. And Steve Kerr mentioned here on 95.7 The Game a couple of days ago, just the, the simple fact, it was yesterday that you know, they believe Clay you know, notoriously gets off to slow starts. And so there will be some kind of bounce back or, or something like that coming to where his overall numbers get close to where he need, you know, has had them in his career. And even that happened last year. The problem, though, is, and it remains, and I'm going to keep saying this, the bad Clay Thompson games get your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Get you beat. Almost automatic. And now the bad Clay Thompson halves, in part, get you beat, along with the poor defense and the sloppy turnovers in the third quarter and all of those things. All right, 888-957-9570. Robert in Fremont is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up, a 95-7 the game. Hey, Robert. Hey, J.D., how you doing, man? I really enjoy the show. I think you, I think you provide a lot of insight. Appreciate that, Hello. Robert. Thank you. Yeah, I got you, Robert. Sorry, man. I'm I'm out here at Harmonic, and I'm I'm trying to hear you with the music, and everybody's having a good time. But I got you loud and clear. Yeah, no problem, man. No, I wanted to say about the, the team defense because if if we look if we kind of look back and go in the last few years, the Warriors' defense was so good that it would pick up the offense on off nights, especially you know somebody like Clay Thompson, perfect example. He used to be one of the premier defenders in the league. Would guard you know Kawhi, Paul George, guys like that. And nowadays, I mean, you can't count on him for defense at all. And to me, this, this season's giving a lot of the same vibes as the, the year with Kelly Oubre when they lost in the play-in. Thanks for the call, Robert. I mean, th this year right now reminds me, I I'm not going to go as far as 2021. It reminds me of last year now, where it's, it's basically you, you, better, you better stay healthy. Uh, and and I, I guess the stay healthy part may be more two years ago because the Warriors did win some games without Steph. But this year, more than even last year, you better stay healthy, number one, and you better win a lot of games when you have everybody or close to everybody. And the, the refrain that it really feels like is, is coming for this season that reminds me of last season is I can already feel like we're heading toward the Warriors, you know, from December, January on saying, well, we get to six, nobody's going to want to play us. And they're not wrong in saying that. Like, I don't, I don't disagree with that stance. But if this team puts itself in a position where it can't get a top four seed, they're not winning an NBA championship or even contending for an NBA championship in all likelihood beyond a second round of the playoffs. Like, I, I think this team can win in the 40s and knock off somebody in a first round. But they're not going to have all that it's going to take to win multiple rounds or win three rounds to get to a finals or win four rounds to, to win an NBA championship. I think that's just, that's just point blank, uh, bottom line, end of story for where 
the Warriors are, are, are at at this point. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just not a good situation. It's a long season. I had somebody come at me on Twitter and said, hey, you know, there's no such thing as a catastrophic loss in November. I think this is as close as you can get to having a catastrophic loss because you're thinking you're getting to 7-7. Seven and seven. You're thinking you're riding the ship with Steph Curry coming back. You're thinking that Andrew Wiggins had a breakout game that he can now build on, and you waste all of it. And now not only are you not back to 500 at 7-7, seven and seven, you still don't have a win on this homestand, and now there's no way you're going to be over 500 again at a minimum until – a week for, you know, for a week like and you got to win the next three games to do it so you know this team is just going to linger at at 500 now for probably pretty close to the next two weeks and so you know all of these other teams are going to have opportunities to to separate and look the thunder are one of the teams that that has separated to this point uh they they are now nine and four and they have won a couple of games at Chase Center, and we'll see what happens as far as the in-season tournament and and all of that, and if these two teams end up playing each other a, a, another time. All of these teams in the group portion have basically played each other. They're going to play each other three times, and then we'll see if they need to play each other a fourth time uh, if the teams that don't qualify for the, the, the round of eight and the possibility to be playing in the semifinals or finals in, in Vegas – so, you know, it becomes a situation where, you know, tiebreakers and all of that stuff, the Warriors have already dropped a couple to Minnesota. The Warriors have already dropped a couple to Oklahoma City. And they're up against it now. And so, you know, this is a – I think this was a really, 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 really tough loss uh, given the circumstances because you feel like you stabilize some things. And now not only do you not stabilize, but now you got to make up for the fact – you, every game you get under 500 is two games you have to win to get closer to 500. And so that's where when you get you know to where the Warriors are now at, at six and seven and then six and eight, it just makes the climb all the more difficult. And we saw the Warriors have to try to make that climb last year and it, it just wasn't working. And, and it took them till April to get to 44 wins. And again, I don't think this team's going to be as good as last year's team when Steph Curry has to miss games. 0-2 so far this year, 14-12 and 12 last year. If this team has to play 26 games without Steph Curry, I don't think they're winning 14 of them. So how are you going to make up for that when Curry is on the floor? Well, you make up for it by not slipping up in, in games like tonight. All right, uh, Ali Kampa in Fremont. What's going on, Ali Kampa? Hey, my brother, I'm very mad. I was doing over, and I thought the game over, brother. I turned the game off. I thought the Warriors going to win. So I come back, I see they lose. I'm very mad, my brother. Time to make a trade. Clay Thompson, my brother. I'm very angry. I'm cussing India right now. You don't want to know what I'm All right. Think. All right, Ali Kampa, we got we to gotta, we gotta dump that. We got to dump that. Even if you're, if you're swearing in other languages, we got to dump that. Sorry, Ali Kampa. Appreciate that. Can't can't have that. Can't have it in any language. <laughs> that can get that can get everybody in trouble with the uh, with the FCC. Uh, yeah, I think I don't know anybody that would have turned it off with Andrew Wiggins making that three. So I, I think may, maybe Ali Kampa's run of material. It is a Saturday night, but to me, it was almost cathartic watching Wiggins do what he did with the 13 points in the fourth quarter. I, I would think if you're a Warrior fan, you're basically wanting to revel in in what was an awesome you know you got Looney stops Chet Holmgren on the other end Holmgren missed the, the layup I don't think Looney had much to do with it but he Looney gets the rebound and then Curry misses one of two driving little floating layups which is always a surprise when those don't go in uh, and one of them didn't go in in Denver which started this this losing streak going back now 10 days ago in Denver at the end of that road trip Kavon Looney though gets the rebound secures it quintessential loony play finds a kick out for Wiggins Wiggins wanted the shot Wiggins wanted a couple of the buckets that he knocked down down the stretch and Wiggins freaking buried it and so I you know, it was like it was like Wiggins is back you know that kind of moment but then Chet Holmgren throws in the three right in in front of Wiggins the Warriors don't foul we'll get to what Steve Kerr had to say about not fouling 
coming up here on 95.7 the game. But uh, it, it, you, you just, it, it just winds up being something that you really, really can't feel good about the way that it all goes down. And I, and I, you know, I said this to somebody walking out of the arena and heading over to Harmonic. This is the kind of loss, the way that it happened in the circumstances of the Warriors losing six in a row for the first time since 2020. you got to go back to February of 2020, the 15 and, and 50 before everything shut down due to COVID. It was like two weeks before COVID, the last time the Warriors won six or lost six in a row. And, and the only time they've done it in the Steve Kerr era in that 15 and 50 season. And you look at losing all of these home games – Last time the Warriors had lost five straight at home, yeah, it was the week before COVID. It was January 22nd of 2020 to March the 5th of 2020. So they, they lost uh, 10 straight at that point at Chase Center, the worst streak in the, the Chase Center era. But it was we're talking about lows that go back to that 15 and 50 year where Curry and Clay Thompson were both out and Draymond Green was missing games and the whole thing got shut down due to COVID on, on March 11th. So rough, rough, rough times uh, that waste Andrew Wiggins' season high in points in 47th career game where he had 30. Just tough, tough, tough stuff to swallow. Uh, and the first game in, in nearly a year that Andrew Wiggins had 30, you got to go all the way back to December 3rd of 2022, the last time that Andrew Wiggins had. 30 or more points against the Rockets. Uh, 888-957-9570. We do still have a couple of minutes here for some more phone calls on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Let's go ahead and get to our extending the three-point line for tonight. It's brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. Down to 15 seconds. Curry with the ball on the far sideline. Right where it says Chase Center. Paul sets the screen. Curry with Wallace trailing him. Head fake. Drives down the lane. Stops and pushed the bank shot up. No good. Looney got the rebound. Out to Wiggins for three. It's up. It's good! It's good! 1.6 on the clock. The Warriors go up 117-114. Time out. Thunder. Yeah, what a call from Tim Roy tonight right here on 95.7 The Game. Andrew Wiggins showing emotion, his fifth three-point make. It's rare the Warriors lose when Andrew Wiggins makes that many threes and does it that efficiently. Uh, it felt like, all right, Andrew Wiggins is back. 12 of 19, 31 points, high man on the team. And then Chet Holmgren throws in that three to send it to overtime, and everything goes awry for the Warriors in those final five minutes. But Andrew Wiggins... This is going to be a, a clean sweep for Wiggins as far as our postgame sponsor features. Wiggins is the extending the three-point line, three-pointer of the night. Brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. Successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenshealth.com for more details. Andrew Wiggins with what looked like it was going to be the three-pointer of the night and the game-winning three-pointer for the Warriors but it wound up being all for naught. All right, our hardest worker of the game is coming up here uh, on 95.7 The Game. I do want to get into what Steve Kerr said in the postgame press conference with regard to the Warriors choosing not to foul in the final couple of minutes, uh, or I'm sorry, in the final couple of minutes, in the final couple of seconds uh, with 1.6 seconds to go. Kerr said, we only wanted to foul if it was a clean foul, and I laid this out at the top of the show, and I'll, I'll just reiterate, uh, with 1.6, it's almost so little time, it's almost so little time that you're worried that any shot the opposition is going to take is going to turn into a foul. And again, I go back to Rick Adelman, the first coach I ever covered as I was working in the media and doing post-game shows and doing shows and being a reporter uh, when I was working back in, in Sacramento a long, long time ago, and Rick Adelman would always say, you have to be absolutely sure that you trust your team to execute that foul and that not every situation is created equal. Adelman rarely fouled in that situation. Uh, a lot of coaches always foul in that situation. I know the debate on it for those that foul, it's it's cut and dry. They don't want to hear the uh, the opposite side. I think there's a little more gray area on that. 
Uh, and I would put, obviously, TV voice Bob Fitzgerald in that category of basically 99% you definitely want to foul. And there are some coaches in the league that completely agree, <coughs> excuse me, with that sentiment. So I think, again, there's more of a debate to be had about it. I think there's some gray area. 1.6, you want to foul, but if you're going to foul, you can't foul a guy as he's going up for a three, and sometimes in one mo- sometimes that's all in one motion with that little time left. So we've heard Steve Kerr say we don't want to foul in that situation. If there's too much time left, you know, 12 seconds or something, I think, I think Coach Kerr said seven-ish is about when he wants to do it, five to seven or uh, you know, under seven. But 1.6 is its own animal because the clock – is an extra defender for the Warriors in in that particular situation, so it, it it's tough and it's 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 not cut and dry. That's the one thing I will say. And again, just to relay what Steve Kerr said: "quote We only wanted a foul if it was a clean foul." Uh, again, worried about maybe it being a shooting foul, and you give the the opponent three free throws to try and and, and tie the game uh, at that point. But I think the the play there, if you're the Warriors, is once you see the ball, you know, go into the corner, just crash into somebody before he can even actually have the ball. Now, you need to make sure you do it, like I said earlier, after the inbounds, but just tough. Uh, you know, tough top to bottom, tough to gauge. But, again, if you're saying you absolutely got a foul, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I think it's a fair take in this situation. I think it's a lot more cut and dry. I'm sorry, it's a lot more of a gray area and there's a lot more of a debate to it with that little time remaining uh, on the clock. And and clearly Wiggins didn't think it was a a clear-cut opportunity to have a clean foul before Holmgren was going to be able to to raise up. It looked like on the replay he probably could have been able to do it, but the way it all played out, I think in that situation it's it's better safe than sorry, honestly. It's, It's better safe than sorry to not foul if you're unsure as to whether or not you're going to be able to do it when it's not a shooting foul. Josue in Fremont, 888-957-9570. Hey, Josue. Yo, JD. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. You caught okay, me mid-sip me? there. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I got I, you, Josue. I, you, 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 you caught me mid-sip there trying to get a little... Uh, Trying to get the throat cleared, but no, I got you loud and clear. Yeah, man. Okay. I mean, I, as far as the fouling, I think Chet hit a big shot. I mean, it was contested. You know, you got to tip your cap. But my take is, and you kind of touched on it, but in order for us to have a successful season, we're going to need to be whole. I believe Draymond's on the court, GP2's on the court. We win these games. Obviously, like, you know, it's not going to be every game, but I just think it's our margin for error is so much smaller. So in order for us to have a successful season, we really need to be strength in numbers. And that's, and that's my take. I'm looking forward to the bounce back. But like you were saying, we'll see how it goes. We're going to be hovering around 500 for a couple of weeks, so we'll see how it looks. Yeah, it's tough. It, and, and they are going to be hovering around 400. Uh, I'm sorry, around 500. You hope it's not 400. If it's 400, there's going to be trouble. Hovering around 500 for for the remainder of the year, and you know at least for the remainder of the month. Uh, but it's a tough situation because I agree with Josue. The Warriors are going to have to be, I think, full strength. As it goes back to, and I'm I'm going to be redundant for those that listen all the time. It goes back to the two different kinds of depth. You you love your depth when you have everybody, and I think that's the the kind of depth the Warriors have. It's the kind of depth that you love, but, but you don't love your depth if you're missing key players. And so, you know, you also, you, you can't win without Steph, and I think that's real, real shaky, the Warriors having to play without Steph for any, any length of time. That's concerning, and we've already seen it. But you like the team that you have when you have everybody because you like the bench group when everybody's in their proper roles. You like Pajemski as an 11. You like Trace Jackson Davis as an 11, 12 type. I, you know, I guess Trace Jackson Davis, who was injured tonight, would be, a, would be the 11. But him and Pajemski are 11, 12. They're in that third group, but still going to play more than the two-way players, and I think more than Corey Joseph, who was a DNP coach's decision tonight, along with Lester Quinones and 
and Guy Santos. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. A uh, couple of text messages to clean up uh, here on the Comcast Business text line. 510 putting a positive spin on it. The good news is, look how close they've been without Draymond Green in, in a couple of games against good teams. Yeah, that's true. But when the Warriors have everybody, they're going to have to make they're going to have to win at a high level. It can't just be a couple games over 500. Like if the Warriors have a 20 game stretch where they have everybody, they got to go 15 and five. You know, they really do. Have, and and maybe they were on their way to that at six and two. Although again, this losing streak started when the Warriors were still mostly whole. 510 uh, on the Comcast business text line. Clay was taking shots like you would if you knew the clock was running out, but the clock wasn't running out. It, exactly. It was just a lack of awareness on a couple of those shots from Clay Thompson. I think that's a, an excellent, excellent uh, point. Uh, they needed to try and wear Chet out. Uh, another person from the 510 writes by forcing him to run around. Yeah, I think that is also. Uh, uh, something worthy of noting. And with Draymond, I think they probably would have been able with a, a small player, a smaller player to be out there and make Chet have to defend and play both ends and wear him down to where maybe he's not making the shots at the level that, that he was making. Uh, JD, the, this loss is on you. You were too cowardly during Warriors Live to say Wiggins would have his best game of the season. And because of that, Wiggins, <laughs> Wiggins didn't foul. <laughs> Yeah, I'm look, Wiggins I I couldn't do it and and me doing it hadn't helped him. So I went with Steph Curry. By the way, I did get my take it to the bank prediction, well, half right in this game tonight. I said Steph would have four more threes for a 12th time in 12 games that he's played. He did hit 5 of 11 from 3. I think I also tipped it in there at the end and said, "Ah, he's going to get a 30-point game also." He didn't get the 30, but he did get the 5 of 11. And, yeah, Steph in this one, 3 of 10 on twos. And a couple of those driving floaters. If those go down, maybe the Warriors wind up winning this game. Uh, but they did not. And, again, they made up for it. Looney with the rebound and the kick out to Wiggins, which was a three that looked like it was going to prove to be uh, the game winner for Golden State. All right, uh, final couple of minutes. Let's get our hardest working player of the game. Hardest working player of the game for tonight is, as always, brought to you by Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? If you are, you can learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. That's joinacso.com. And our hardest worker of the night is going to be Andrew Wiggins. 35 minutes. I mentioned it to be a clean sweep for Wiggs. 31 points. Five three-point makes. Yeah, you want him to have more than one rebound, but he did have a block. He did have three assists. Uh, his presence was felt, and the Warriors really needed the offense. So Andrew Wiggins is a clean sweep of our post-game sponsor performances. Uh, the hardest worker of the game and the extending the three-point line, three-point shot of the game with the one that looked like it was going to be the game winner. But, yeah, Wiggins also the hardest worker of the game. Brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. A couple other notes here before we call it a night. Uh, oh, we got it. We do have a couple of callers here. Let, let's get to a couple of calls, and then we'll hit a couple of notes, and then and we'll wrap things up. Marty in San Francisco is next. What's going on, Marty? Hey, what's up? Marty, are you there? Hey, Marty, how are you tonight? I'm good, man. I wanted to call and talk about Clay, but then you know what? We did have a conversation about Kerr. When, when is there ever accountability for Kerr? I think that last play, I know you said it's cut and dry. I think if, if, if you know the game on a coaching level, with the way the swing was, the OKC was coming back, those shots just happened, you know? So why not? Why can't we point the blame at, at Kerr for this game? Let's, let's have Kerr wear the blame cap tonight. Look, if you want to do that, I'm, I'm all right with it. I mean, I'll hear it. I, I don't know specifically where you would say it's on Kerr. I mean, that, that's the one thing I would say. I mean, if, if you want to say they should have fouled, that's fine. Okay, that's one area you can say. Like, I, I think you need some specifics if you're going to make that point. And, again, it's a fair one to make. But if you want to say should have fouled, one in six, ten seconds, okay. I'll hear you on that. If you want to say Clay Thompson should have been ripped out of the game, I'll even hear you on that. 
but you got to have a sub to put in the game at that point. And, and I don't think anybody was playing well enough among the Warrior bench players, and they only played four off the bench, and it wouldn't have been Kaminga or Saric in the game. So really you're saying, were you going to put Pajemski, who had a rough night, or Moses Moody in the game for Clay Thompson with a couple of minutes to go? When you're, when you're honestly in scramble mode, the Warriors were down six, you know, and so you, you look, you want Clay Thompson, an all-time great shooter on the floor. So I'm, I don't, I don't think tonight was the night to rip Clay out of the game. Like I'm just going to say that, point blank, full stop. You know, no, no other add-on to it. Like tonight wasn't the night to rip Clay Thompson out of the game uh, because you didn't have a better alternative, and, and you always believe, and the Warriors are on record as saying this. You believe that Clay is going to hit the next shot. And he didn't tonight, but you think he's going to, and that's why you want to have him out there. But those are the two things I'll at least hear you on as far as, as I'll put it on Kerr. But, yeah, the defensive rotation's not great tonight. Oklahoma City really found some things to attack with this Warriors team without Draymond Green. And the Warriors, I think, played their best five down the stretch tonight, and, and it got them beat because they couldn't defend. And if they had not turned the ball over – then they would have been in position to, to not be fighting for it and scrapping for it like they had to down the stretch. And so, you know, it all adds up. And, and it all, unfortunately for the Warriors, turns into a loss that puts them at two games under 500. For the first time on this young season, the Warriors are two games under 500 and are going to have to fight and scratch and claw to get back to the, the 500 mark, and it's going to be tough. Rockets on Monday, Rockets have played well. Rockets are another young team that has played well, 6-4 and four, uh, after a, an 0-3 start. They won six in a row, lost to the Clippers last night. Probably should have won the game in L.A. against the Clippers. But James Harden hit a big three late in the four-point play, and, and, and the Rockets wind up losing that game. Warriors have been really good against the Rockets the last couple of years, but this is a different Rockets team. This is a Rockets team that's going to come into chase with a better record than the Warriors. So if there's anything that the last five games have showed us, take none of these games for granted if you're Golden State. Bobby and Concord on 95-7 the game. Hey, Bobby. What's going on, J.D.? What's going on, Bobby? Look, man, I mean, we love Clay Thompson. We know he's a Hall of Famer, but he's just not doing enough for us. I feel like as a fan base, we expect him to come out of the shooting stump slump and it's just not happening. I mean, it's good to see Wiggins finally come in to, uh, or be back, but Clay Thompson, man, he, he, he took a horrendous shot behind the backboard late in that fourth quarter. Uh, and it didn't go in. He, he had 37 minutes, 16 points. I mean, it's just not good enough. If you want to play some defense, put JK in. I mean, what's it going to take for Steve Kerr to have some athleticism on the floor to lock that up? Yeah, it's just lineup combinations, Bobby. It, it's just, you're, you know, the Warriors aren't, I don't think, are going to put Wiggins out there with Kaminga and Chris Paul and Steph Curry unless they were going to put Kaminga out there at the five. I, I thought about it. I'm sure that's a group that hasn't practiced a lot together tonight. And, and Kaminga typically is guarding wings. We saw Kaminga guard Shea. And, and at times, the last couple of games do a decent job against Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Shea Gilgis-Alexander kind of got off when Kaminga wasn't in the game. But again, the Warriors, I don't think, are going to pull Clay Thompson for Jonathan Kaminga down the stretch in a game. I just, I just don't think you're going to see that. Could you have played him at the five? Maybe, but then he's basically got to, you know, then somebody else has got to guard Chet Holmgren if he's not going to guard Chet Holmgren, and the Warriors don't really have another player that could have guarded Chet Holmgren, which I think is why Looney was on the floor, and because Looney had really hurt the Thunder on the offensive glass, and hurt the Thunder in particular on the offensive glass when he had the rebound that turned into a kickout three for Andrew Wiggins that looked like it was going to be the game winner. All right, final couple of minutes here. Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Warriors are 6-8. and eight. They lose to the Thunder 130-123, to and they are winless here on the six-game homestand with one game to go and haven't won a game since November the 6th in Detroit. So, yeah, the Warriors, this thing started 10 days ago. They haven't won in 12 days. 
That's going to have to get turned around. It's going to be 14 days when the Warriors take the hardwood back at Chase coming up here on Monday. All right, a couple of notes here before we call it a night. Uh, we talked about the 6-8 and eight overall, 1-6 at home, 0-5 in the six-game homestand. Uh, and we mentioned the fact that the last time the Warriors had lost six straight overall was right before everything shut down due to the pandemic, February 5th to February 27th of 2020. And the last time they lost five in a row at home was also during that season. And, and over the course of uh, it bridged that stretch. It went before that February 5th date and after uh, a week after that. February 27th date in 2020, Warriors lost 10 in a row at Chase Center in that 15 and 50 year without Steph and Clay. Uh, and uh, from January of 2020 to March 5th of 2020. So, yeah, that's the last time they've lost five straight at home, which they have now lost and are one and six overall at home uh, this season. First overtime game for the Warriors. They were two and three last year. Uh, they had, of course, really struggled to win overtime games. Uh, for a lengthy period of time, as great as they were even in the championship era. The Warriors had that lengthy streak of, of overtime losses, but 2-3 and three last year. Their last overtime game was against Milwaukee in March, uh, a game at, at Chase that the Warriors won 125-116. to, to 116. Thunder trailed by 18. That's the crusher. That's the killer. That's the one that hurts is the Thunder trailing by 18. The Warriors had him down. You feel like you had the game won, but all those turnovers let the Thunder get back into the game in the third quarter, feel like they had a chance, and then their offense got into a rhythm down the stretch, and the Warriors really just couldn't stop them. The offense did enough, aside from some pretty terrible Clay Thompson shots and, and poor shot selection, but the Warriors allowing the Thunder to get back in the game in the third quarter via the turnovers and come back from 18 is tough. Largest deficit overcome by a Warriors opponent since 12 this year was the largest. Minnesota did it a couple of games ago when the Warriors lost the close one on the night of the fracas inside Chase Center. Warriors bench did the job again, so Curry comes back. The bench takes on a different shape, and the Warriors outscored the Thunder bench. That's another one that you think, damn, uh, kind of wasted a night where the bench was dominant. The Warriors have been winning with the bench dominant. Uh, 33-18 tonight, and the Warriors are still outscoring uh, opponent benches by plus 192 over the 14 games this season. Warriors made a season-high tying 18 three-pointers. That hurts. Uh, they hit 18 against the Thunder a couple of weeks ago in OKC, hit 18 at Houston, and that's another one of those notes and stats that make you think wasted it because the Warriors were able to shoot and, and had a 30-point advantage. Had a 30-point advantage from the three-point line. Also got to the free-throw line seven, uh, 21 times and made 17, so they were only a minus one at the free-throw line. Uh, but the Warriors did get beat in the paint, 54-36. But more dribble penetration than lack of a true big. Shea Gilgis-Alexander goes for 40. Most an opposing player has had against the Warriors. De'Aaron Fox had 39 in the game. The King or the game the Warriors won at Sacramento the first week of the season, and a lot of those were points that Fox scored after the game was, for the most part, decided. It did get a little scary in the final minute. I think the Warriors had their lead cut down to five, but Fox was cooking in that one with the Warriors having a big lead. Steph Curry misses or returns to the lineup, 25 points extended his NBA record three-point streak of 257 straight games with a three. He's made four now in all 12 games he's played, which is a different record. He's the only player in NBA history to make four in 12 consecutive games. Four-plus hit five tonight and had a few games where he's hit seven. We talked about the season high for Andrew Wiggins. Kevon Looney had 16 rebounds uh, on the night. Uh, actually, wait, Kevon Looney had... 14 rebounds on the night, not 16 rebounds, 14 high, uh, 14 rebounds for Kevon Looney. Chris Paul had a double-double for the second time this season and uh, has 32 assists and one turnover against the Thunder, which is kind of a random note, but he's played really quality basketball against the Thunder uh, this season so far in, in three games. So, tough one for the Dubs, and yeah, it's... Uh, Tough one, uh, and, and one that the Warriors are going to have to bounce back from in short order 
uh, right back at Chase on Monday night as they will take on the Rockets. And it's going to take some time. You know, again, every game you get under 500, it takes you two to get closer to 500. And the Warriors have the Rockets and the Suns down in the Valley and then the Spurs at Chase Center the next three. That Suns, or I'm sorry, that Spurs game the night after Thanksgiving coming up on Friday. And uh, you got to get the Rockets game, got to get the Spurs game. And then, and then you see where you're at with the Phoenix game. You only get two of the three. You're going to be a sub-500 team going to play Sacramento on the on the 28th, and that's not where I think the Warriors thought they were going to be after the 6-2 and two start. All right, that'll do it. We'll call it a night on that note. Uh, basically an hour commercial free here on Warriors wrap-up, uh, as I like to do uh, on 95.7 The Game. But I want to thank everybody, uh, including Sterling Bennett in our San Francisco studios. Uh, tremendous effort, as all. we got a lot of people, as I always say, working double days on these Saturdays, working really long days in studio terrific effort guys that are going to also be working long days tomorrow with our 49ers coverage uh here on on 95.7 the game is uh will be on before that game and then if you're watching it uh or if you're at the game at at, at levi's make sure you flip it on uh after the game ends for uh sterling bennett and mark grandy uh it'll be larry krueger and lorenzo neal from the Hilton in Santa Clara tomorrow as the 49ers are going to take on the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, uh, yeah, we got you covered uh, even tomorrow as we switch gears for football. And I'll be back Monday for Warriors Live, 6 o'clock here at Chase, Warriors and the Rockets, and the Warriors in dire need of a win to stop the bleeding. We'll talk to you then, but uh, keep it locked right here in your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95-7 the game. Good night.